Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast. This is Rick Roberts, and with me today is our esteemed producer, Gavin <laughs> Miller. You can catch hey. him at give Gavin Miller 42 on, on, on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. at Gavin Miller 42. Yeah, if you want to put some funny things on there. Yeah, pictures. follow him on there. Uh, my name is Rick Roberts. Like I said, in today's podcast, we're going to talk about joke thievery. Oh, no. Gavin, I'm not looking right at you. <sighs> I'm just telling you that's our topic, all right? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about that in a second. As always, we'd like to give a few shout-outs at the front end of this because we appreciate you guys listening and are truly amazed every time we check the stats that more and more are jumping in and yeah. very few are jumping off. So <laughs> thank you for sticking around. <laughs> I think if you do stick around long enough, you'll find something that'll help you out yeah. in your comedy career or speaking career. Uh, and it, with that in mind, I just want to give a shout-out to a few of the online students that have uh, jumped on board recently. I should have been doing this kind of all along, but it dawned on me today. Yeah. I know you guys are listening, too, so yeah. who needs an iTunes review? And I know you're in the system and helping me out as well. So uh, shout-out to Anthony Mays, to Blake Howell, to Bobby Garnins-Williams, to Jason Patterson, John to- Hill, John Moore, <laughs> Liz Knight, Matt Nassbaum, Nancy Burton just got another day, Seth Cool. Wayne and Zen, nice. all in the new year, jumping in board here. This. So that's awesome. Thank you guys for uh, taking the online class. If you're curious about what that is at all, there's a video on the uh, schooloflast.com page that can tell you more about it. Basically, it's a writing class that'll take you from zero to 15 or 20 minutes of starter material, or take the material you've been doing for four or five years and take 20 minutes down to 10, but make it the right 10. <laughs> um, it really does get very in, key. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The idea is quality over quantity, yeah. and we go into techniques and different things to help you generate material. A uh, ton of fun, money-back guarantee, but you can check all that out online if you want to check it Definitely. out. Definitely, and that's how, I, that's how I came to know Rick was I signed up for the local class that was in person and did the writing class, then the performance class. Uh, I still have yet to do the improv class, or there's even a business class occasionally. Yeah, so. and those are both coming up here yeah, in the first quarter. If you're if you're local to Nashville, definitely worth it. Give me a shout, and we'll get you hooked up with those. Cool. Of course, iTunes reviews keep us motivated as well. And I'd like to read this one from Peter Margaritas left <laughs> on January 11th. I love the podcast. I'm a prof- professional speaker looking to make my presentations funnier. Rick gives a lot of great advice and has inspired me to rediscover my stand-up comedy chops from many years ago. Nice. Thank you for that five-star review. Your audience, uh, the, his audience also thanks him so that they're not so boring. Yet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> many speakers have sought after more yeah. funny material, and I, I don't blame you. It's a, yeah. That's kind of the reason I started creating that speech a few years ago is because I had sat through enough. Oh, my gosh. I created one I wanted to sit through. Yeah. And you look at the person and go, don't you know this is terrible? Yeah, just because you're talking doesn't mean you're doing your job. you yeah. got to connect people are just like like the ferris bueller's day off class just sitting there <laughs> yeah. drooling like yeah. going in out of coma uh, so yeah too, too funny so have you been you've been at hitting anything or you've been good. busy with your woodworking i'm good yeah no <laughs> or you're drumming yeah drumming woodworking um i uh i went to a really good show the other night um to, to see to see greg fletcher do uh, a half an hour over at gary local club gary gary, fletcher? gary yeah gary. i know gary gary's a very nice guy he did a great job uh Part of a 
I guess he started or him and another guy started this this kind of collective called a uh, corporate juggernaut and um, they did kind of what you tell people to do which is if there's nothing in town start your own thing and so they they do a great job it was a great show uh, you know they get comics to do it's probably like you know a few 10 minute spots and uh-huh. then one 30 minute spot and so it it gives you, you know, your first taste of what a thirty-minute spot, yeah, you know, would no, be the, like. Those guys are great. I know they're they, killing it. They they, re, they work really hard. They do, uh, and they put out a do. CD a while back too. Yeah, you yeah. Can probably Google that or yeah, find yeah. it on CD Baby or something. Where yeah, they just kind of he was very funny. Pick some of the best spots from the nights. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's good. You're getting out there. Uh, well, we're gonna just jump right into it. Yeah. Then. All right. I was gonna ask you a drumming I'm, I'm question. Afraid, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of. <laughs> I see hack. Oh, I'm afraid of that. Well. <laughs> It comes up all the time in different forums and groups and yeah. conversations and green rooms about joke thieves and and you know it's you can feel just like in a real theft pretty powerless sometimes when it happens. Right, you've got something that you crafted and you put together and you worked on for however long, perfected it, and then somebody sees your show, boom, takes it, and they're yeah. on the other side of the country before yep. you know it. Yeah. So we're just going to talk about it today. I don't know if there's any rules or anything, you know, we're not going to change the world, but it's something that I want to discuss for the newer comics, especially who might think that it's okay to use an idea from somebody else. And, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of different levels of this, Yeah. Uh, but it goes back, I guess we're going to start a little bit back in history. All right. Okay. I, I, I know from just being around comics for 23 years, different stories, but uh, I always hit the Wikipedia, yeah. Google a little bit. <laughs> Which you should do when you write a joke to see if anybody else has talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you define your joke good enough, it'll come up in a Google search. Uh, so that's one way you can find out if somebody's already done a joke that you're thinking about doing. But anyway, I was kind of looking around, and Wikipedia has a pretty good little page on joke thieves. Yes. So if you want to check it out. But here's some of the highlights that I came across. Uh, back in the old days, of course, in vaudeville, uh, people would do other people's bits because there weren't TV shows. Right. Nobody knew who bits th- whose bit they were. Yeah. And then they were like folklore. They've been around forever. And people would embellish and add a few lines to it and make sure. it their own. But eventually TV came around and, okay, now only Abbott and his sto- Costello are going to do their bit instead of everybody thing. else trying to copy it okay. from them. You know, the old baseball, who's on first? Yes. One of the best comedy bits ever. So good. Uh, and lots of people realize, oh, okay, now if I do it, they're going to think I stole it from so-and-so. Right. And they started backing off that a little bit. Then you had in the 60s, late 50s, early 60s, when stand-up kind of was at its its infancy, people really, really liked the fact that you brought your own unique takes to comedy. Uh It wasn't just telling jokes anymore. And that's the big difference I think some new comics aren't aware of is, you know, part of being a comedian is telling jokes, but stand-up is telling jokes from your perspective. Personal. How you see it. Yeah. And it can be commentary on the day's events, but it's how you see it not a joke that somebody else can tell. Right. And so putting yourself in the joke will help you down the road and make it a little harder for people to steal. Yeah. But, you know, back there in the 50s and 60s, even those guys who were coming out of vaudeville transitioning into TV, into TV had some problems. Yeah. Uh, Bob Hope had a long-standing feud <laughs> with Milton Berle, who never said he didn't steal a joke. Oh. Um, but he also, you know, it's didn't insane. apologize for it either. And those guys were head-to-head for a long time on that. Uh, early on, Bill Cosby yeah. admitted stealing a joke from George Carlin. Right. Uh, maybe figuring they didn't have the same audience. Audience, yeah. Um, it was about a football player who didn't have a, the best education, you know, not right. the smartest guy. And so that kind of got out in the public back in those days. Of course, in the 70s and 80s, it kind of snowballed because all of a sudden comics, there weren't as many comics as there were comedy clubs. Right. Okay. 
you think about this. This is mind-boggling yeah. to think about uh, now. <laughs> but there were all these rock venues that had a night off, and they'd started putting uh, comedy in okay. it, and it sold out. Gotcha. And back in Rolling Stone, if you look in the 80s, it was Sam Kennison on the cover. Yeah. It was Robin Williams. It was kind of a rock and roll feel. And all of a sudden, everybody thought, well, all you got to do is turn on the microphone. you got a comedy show. Yeah. But 50 states with 20 different you know comedy shows, not enough comics to yeah. fill it. So comics were just like Jeez, borrowing right like? and left and stealing left and right. Yeah. And that booking agents really didn't care. Just they, because they needed the night filled. They needed and, a warm body on stage yeah. and the crowd 99% of the time didn't realize somebody stole didn't the joke. Know, yeah. And so some guys got to actually have a big following with very little of their own material. Wow. And comics would not even work with them anymore. Yeah. You know, in Louisville, up the road from here, there was a guy, he's no longer with us, Ollie Joe Prather, uh-huh. who local comics in this region will remember his name, really big dude. Yeah. I mean, physically, I don't know how many hundreds of pounds. <laughs> Got to the point where he would be wheeled on stage before the show started and covered yeah. with a tarp. Oh, God. And then they would start the show, and then here he is. <sighs> I mean, it was just... But he... <laughs> that sounds terrible. I know. Here's my opening bit. We're going to cover me in a tarp because I'm too fat to yeah, get on the I stage. I can't get through the crowd, so I'm yeah. going to get there before the crowd. Uh, so that's a whole different issue. And, yeah. you know, many people face problems with weight. But he was stealing jokes so much that, you know, unapologetically, the booking agent would still have him at his club because oh he drew gosh. such a crowd because yeah. he was a great joke teller. Right. But didn't always write the jokes. Sure. And so it got to the point where other comics would be popping in the club to see whose jokes he was stealing. Okay. And then think about this, Gavin Miller, hitting the payphone outside by the grocery store, oh. calling the comic on the road going, you won't believe it, Ollie Joe's doing your bit right now. Oh, man. You got to stop doing that joke because everybody's going to think you stole it from him. Stole from him. Jeez. But why would the booking agent look the other way? Because he was making money. And occasionally Ollie Joe would, would give you money. Yeah. And I guess the running joke back then was he would ask you if he could do your joke. Right. If you said no, he would do it anyway. But if, if you said yes, he would at least give you a few bucks. Oh, man. So you're better off saying, uh-oh. Just say yes. The fact <laughs> you're even thinking about it knows you're going to be doing yeah. it. Yeah. Now, that was just in one little area here in the region where we're at. It, it happens sure all over in different over, parts of the yeah. country. Gosh. Sometimes it happens, and this is really uh, it's really disturbing, that some club owners who want to be comedians will start taking jokes. No from comics who worked their club and occasionally popping up to do a set oh, using those jokes. Just sort of frustrated comedians. Frustrated that, comedians uh, who want the attention, the applause, but don't want to work for it. Oof. And that's really what it comes down to for the joke thieves is they, they get addicted to that attention. That's crazy. But they don't want to put in the work. So let, My sense of justice <laughs> is like, I, I don't... How do, you, how do you deal with that? I mean, it would be great if there was a trap door like, on the stage that I automatically know. opened up and swallowed up all yeah. these guys. This is why my woodworking project is that me, I'm going to carve myself a throne that I can <laughs> sit atop and just judge <laughs> these people. <laughs> it's terrible. Now, here's here's what's really bad is and common yeah. is sometimes you might be in a joke. You might be doing a joke, Gavin, that you unknowingly saw 20 years ago when you were 10 sitting right. around watching Comedy Central or whatever for the first time. Sure. And it's just in the, your subconscious. Right. And now that you're trying to pursue comedy. Yeah, I definitely have that fear. Well, I think it's a, re, it's a real fear. Yeah. It's realistic to be aware that stuff that's in your mind, you may process it as your own. Right. And that happens a lot with new comics, okay. too. Uh, it just, you, you've seen comedy for your whole life. Now you're doing it. The things you think are funniest are things that are in your mind that yep. have already been well-crafted. Yeah. So you have to be aware of that, and occasionally, 
in a nice, healthy comedy community, another comic <laughs> will come over and go, "Hey, buddy, I know you're new to the scene, but but that's that's one of Carlin's bit from his, his one of his 15 HBO specials." That would be a nice way that that conversation that would be the nicest happens. Way. So that's like the first thing, yeah, that I'm going to say for the older comics out there is uh, just give these guys a firm pat on the back and go, "You may not realize this, but that one's been done." Right. And if you keep doing it, people are going to think you stole it. Yeah. I'm not saying you stole it. Right. But that's what it's going to look like to everybody else. Yeah. And especially club owners and bookers. They're going to know you're not being original. Right. But I'm going to tell you that now so you know. What you do from here on out is your own business. Yeah. But you got to know that that's going to be following you around. Yeah. So you can, if you tell my joke, I will jerk you off that stage I'll so punch fast. You right yeah. The, <laughs> punch you right in the throat. Yeah. Well, it happened a lot even with uh, not comics that had heard jokes growing up, but comics that saw other comics. Right. And I think it's pretty well known that Robin Williams – Back in the days of L.A. when he was running around doing five or six different sets with people, yeah. that he would get up at the end of the night and do somebody's set that he was in the car with <sighs> earlier that day. Or take an idea that was being bannered around the car right. and hit sure. the stage with it. Yeah. that That's also – that's there's like a lot of gray area too. It's like when you're bantering back and forth and then it's like whose joke is that? Like it, you had a premise but I provided the funny, you know, tag you need, to it. Right. Yeah, but – that needs to be a discussion, like it should a, be a war table. Like, whose <laughs> joke is that? Because I'm going to do it, or you're going to do it, but we're both not going to do it. Well, absolutely. <laughs> like uh, you hung out a couple weeks ago, yeah. And uh, Brian Bates, who you guys heard on the on the episode last yeah. a couple weeks ago, and Johnny Weathington, who you'll hear coming up. Yep. Uh, we all sat around and bounced jokes around. Yeah. But there were a couple of points where, like, uh, hey, that made me think of a new idea. Right. Uh, specifically, one we were talking about. And uh, I thought that that created a whole different premise in my mind. I ran it by everybody. It's like, is it cool if I do this? And like, yeah, it's yeah, completely yeah. different. Yeah, but but there was there but there, there was clarification. Yes, there was clarification. You sat right there and you were like, hey, that makes me think of this. Is it okay if I use that? And then you waited until they sort of like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. That's fine. You know. Um, and so there was no panic or fist fighting. There, but, right. But it was like, but it was good that it was out in the open. It, what, there wasn't like this weird silence where it's like, I don't know, I think I'm going to do it. <laughs> right, like, right. Yeah. And all the punchlines we came up for everybody else were here. They're all gifts. Yeah. You know, we would about nine minutes each person. You put out a premise and a punchline right. and we'd add to it. Yeah. That was, it's uh, maybe, I don't know. We need to do a podcast where we tell people about that because that was the first time I had been to one. I don't know. Do you want to take a second and say what that is? I'll give a little recap, but we'll go into yeah, it a lot deeper at some yeah, point. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Do it because I feel like we're bouncing around mm-hmm. what it is and I had no clue. So it's a good thing to know. And I brought it up to someone else and he was like, oh yeah, it's great. And you need rules and you need uh-huh. this. And so Yeah. So just a quick recap on some, some collaboration you can do with other comics, uh, just in case you haven't done that before, you know, find a quiet place, find an hour and a half, maybe Yeah. find three, max four people, depending on your personality. Not 15. Right. Somebody has to kind of keep the clock. We just put it on the iPad, and the timer went off after nine minutes. We found nine minutes to be long enough to get the idea out and get some. all three of us pitch in yeah. for the fourth guy. Um, but you may want to go longer or shorter. And you go around for each person. You give them total focus. You don't go off onto some crazy story while it's their time. Right. And you kick around different angles that they can use. And everything that you suggest is theirs. And that's the, the written agreement that you're all participating yeah. with. And then it rotates around. Uh, we had enough time to go around twice, Yeah, I think it was. And everybody got some useful stuff that day. Yeah, I definitely – I mean, I got – I only came with one thing. Everybody else 
they were everybody else is a professional comedian so i was the only like newbie but i mean i had one idea you know but it was so nice to hear other people's thoughts like on what you're what you think is funny and they help you clarify right. that that was so nice and i was able to do it for some other people and yeah it, you it helped nicely. me it, it it helped me think like exercise the muscle that was right. the, the cool part to right. me right well, we'll definitely get into a whole podcast yeah, yeah. on that. Maybe we we'll even recorded a brainstorming session Gosh. sometime. <laughs> yeah, I think we could. I mean, you know, it, you know, show somebody what it's like. But uh, yeah, the one, the person I was talking to, uh, Chad uh, Ryden here locally, he said, "Yeah, my advice is don't do it with like fifteen people." Right. He said, "I've I've been to the ones where it's like twelve or fifteen people, and it never ends. No one gets anything done, and you just leave frustrated." Yeah, I think it's got to be somewhat business like. You know, it we, was very businesslike when we were in here. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean and here's like a little office and, yeah. a, and a no, but I square mean, table. But you, you, if you're trying to do it at a bar, you're going to get sidetracked. Yeah. I mean, we've got no TVs, no radios in here. It's just white and boards you set on an white alarm. walls. Yeah. You set an alarm for nine minutes. It went off. We went to the next person, buddy. Yeah. And if you, here's an idea. If you guys are carpooling to a gig out of town, there's three of you. Why not use that time to bounce some ideas around if you're not doing that already? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, when you're doing that, you want to get clarification that this yeah. is my joke. Now, what if I got home that day? And if everything that we talked about had marinated, and then an idea kind of rose out of that that was a little bit of your idea, a little bit of Brian's right. idea. Yeah. Then I'd have to call you guys up or shoot you an email and go, hey, this kind of came out of today. Yep. It's yours. If not, can I, you know. Yeah. You want to make sure it's clear. Yeah, I did that with a, a script with that I was working on for a funny YouTube video with somebody else, and, and she had written a joke that had a punchline that I was like, oh, man, you know, that's really funny. And I don't even think she, at the moment she thought it was a good punchline, but it – it made me think about something, and then I wrote this entire script on top of it. But before I even wrote it, right. I was like, hey, do you mind if I use this premise, and I'll put you as co-writer. Uh, and put you in the video. Yeah, and put yeah. you in the video, you know, but I'll, um, I definitely ask permission. <laughs> yeah, and that just lets – if you're just asking permission, that's going to let people know that you are not a joke thief. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't think, you know, back in the day, like with the Robin Williams stuff, he even realized he was doing it. Yeah. But eventually, the guy stopped. People stopped working with him. Yeah, and he stopped going t to see any comics. Yeah, I mean, so I just didn't know how, if I was going to take one of their ideas or not. So I just stopped going in the clubs. Right. Sure. Yeah. I and get that. so you know, it, it happens. Um, what is also prevalent out there is, and we talked about this in the the blog post a couple of weeks ago about being yourself on stage. Yeah. There's sometimes you're influenced by people, and you're taking their persona, their yeah. delivery. Their timing and putting your own material into What's it. What's with these Doritos? Yeah. Kind of like you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that that is not going to get you as far yeah. as you would like either, you know. And that's when you first start, it's going to happen no matter what. Sure. I mean, you're going to get somebody influenced you to get on stage, and you're going to try to be like them. And that's that's those are your training wheels. Yeah. For a few months, but eventually those wheels got to come off, and it's got to be your bike, <laughs> and you you can't steal the bike yeah. and the training wheel. Yeah. The so, wheel, Rick. The wheels have definitely come off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, it's. it's What's great about uh, you know learning how to write through somebody else's style is you see where the punchline should be and yeah. how tight the premises should be and all that stuff, but the voice really needs to develop over time and be yeah. your own. Yeah. So, you know, back in the heyday of MTV, when MTV had more comedy on than videos, yeah. Um, you know, the, I think there was a big deal between Dennis Leary and Bill Hicks. Yeah. yeah. And Leary was buddies with Hicks, and then Leary recorded his his special and it was almost all like bill hicks persona yeah 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 like yeah, yeah. amped up on 10 right yeah bill hicks i think was intense but laid back and then dennis Leary was intense intense 
Yeah. The, but it was still same the same kind of attitude, the cigarette, the, yep, you know, the I don't whole, need the audience to even care what I'm doing up here. Sort of even the move, the way you moved around stage was very Leather jacket. Yeah. I mean, but back yeah. then we all had. <laughs> but it was, it, yeah, you're totally right because, uh, you know, that was sort of when I was growing up, like when sort of, you know, you have it musically, like when your brain turns on, you know, musically. Oh, yeah. Like it was like Nirvana. And then I remember uh, comedians on MTV and then all of a sudden Comedy Central op- started their TV channel and it was all stand up all the time. It was uh, that was formative for me. Mm-hmm. And so like just I spent my whole day watching. It was just on all the time. But now that I go to think about things. I can see little clips of those things in my mind. So I'm actually, it's hard to, right. you know, it's hard to write away from those those influences. Yeah, it's it's tough, you know. I remember, gosh, I don't remember how many times we would go. I, I used to live with two other comics when I was in Ohio. Yeah. And we would go do gigs, see 20 or 30 comics. Yeah. And then we'd come back and we'd watch Comedy Central yeah. for three more hours, <laughs> you know, and like, oh, those. That's, and back then it was like Bernie Mac's first time on the yeah, Apollo. I mean, yeah. these were, this was a long time ago. Um, it's some of the first they, times those things were videoed. I mean, really? Yeah, you know? I mean, it was it was really the 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 prime time for. I mean, comedy was bigger than over it's and ever over been. and over again because they had no content. Yeah, like you know. And here's the thing too is what what's interesting about those times. And I just thought about this is they didn't really help themselves. Comedy Central back in the day, they didn't help comics think for themselves because they would do. I can't remember the name of the show, but. They would do four comics doing jokes about the same thing. Yes. It was yeah. like a clip show. Yeah. And so here's somebody talking about answering machines, and here's three more comics talking about answering machines. Right. I'm trying to think of it. It wasn't stand-up, stand-up, but it... It was um, something like that. I'm, I, I'm trying to think of what it was, but I know exactly Somebody email us about. and yeah. let us know, because I'm sure you guys remember. And I'll remember as soon as we stop yeah. recording. <laughs> or as soon as I stand up. But, yeah. but it was one of those deals where... I was a new comic. I'm like, oh, maybe I should write a joke about answering machines. Yeah, exactly. And then the next five guys would all talk about something else. I'm like, but what you have in your mind, which becomes the the stolen part, is you have their timing and their persona and their view, uh, their worldview on it. You have all that going on in your mind. That and what you have is even I don't know if it's worse than joke theory itself, <laughs> but it's I call it sideways writing. Okay. Where was my inspiration? Was it from a life event? Oh, was it from right. co-writing with somebody in a collaborative setting? Gotcha. Was it from a moment that I had with a you know a friend of mine? No, it was by watching other comics. Right. <laughs> so I, I was okay. Answer machines or you know or whatever voicemail <laughs> or whatever. I was starting yeah. with their premise. Yeah, you're gonna have to start your set by like you know, hey, do we got any comics in the audience? You right. Know. <laughs> so. It was really, and we realized after a while that we should watch less and perform more. Right. And even to this day, I I rarely go and watch a bunch of comics unless they're my students, which I really, yeah. I, I, I get it. There's a couple of chances every month for me to see a bunch of them get on stage, which is really cool. But other than that, I really don't go out and see a ton of other comics yeah. for, not for fear of being influenced, but it's just like. I just don't want that trickling in. Yeah. So I guess it is fear of being influenced. No, I, I mean, I, I get the same thing. I, I have uh, the Sirius radio, and, and uh, I'll skim over the channels to see if you or Brian Bates or uh, <laughs> is on. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I mean, I do get nervous. It's a weird thing. I've not been doing this for very long, but I know what happens to my own brain. Right. Is, you know, you get influenced. Yeah. So, I mean, whether you're a musical artist or a speaker or a comedian, you only – 
your output should be 80% of your creativity. Yeah. And you should be inputting stuff like this podcast to help you get going. <laughs> Maybe reading a book like The Artist's Way. Yeah. But you don't want to spend all your time getting the input. Yeah. Because your outputs can be very derivative of all yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So you get a few a few ideas in, but you really want to have your own material. Yeah. And here's the other thing that comes up a lot of times. <laughs> Say Gavin and I today, in separate parts of the universe, write the same joke. Yeah. Like it can happen. Yeah. You've seen it happen. If Gavin gets on TV with that joke before I do, uh, I really can't do my joke anymore because people are going to say... It's his. It's his. Now, the reality of the world and TV viewing, only 600,000 people may have seen Gavin's set on a you know 1.3 sure. or 3.4 yeah. million on a late night talk show and may even remember the joke the next yeah. day. So it's not like the whole world's going to know that that joke is the same as yours. Right. But... Once comics know that the joke's out there, it's kind of like, well, you got to stop doing it. So how do you keep writing knowing that some of your stuff is going to be similar to somebody else's? I mean, I was always told, write faster than people can steal. That's what I think. And by setting goals, which we talked about at the beginning of the year, to create more content and also to flush more content every year. I mean, one of my goals now is to get rid of 20 minutes every year as well as create more I'm just going to retire some things. Yeah. So, well, when we did the writing session, I had the moment where I thought like, holy crap, I'm going to be thinking of like 50 funny things for these other three guys. I have no material. I need, I need, right? Uh, you know, I need those 50 things. And then it was like, no, if you're, if you're going to be a comic, if you're going to be a writing, uh, you know, comedic writer, if you're going to be any of those things, you got to be able to be able to throw those 50 ideas out there, come up with 50 more and 50 more after that and and keep going all day long and uh, absolutely so that was my thought i was like I, these may be good they may work for you they're yours fine right. i i and and sort of you know i didn't want any training wheels right so right. that was in a certain way like you know i just said eh, they're yours and now i'm nervous but they're yours but i'm gonna go i'm gonna force myself to write all different stuff right right know? right and you and at some point, you got to crank up the joke machine because, yeah. uh, I mean, even for well-established comics, if you write 10 jokes, probably two or three are yeah. decent ones, and the rest are just the same thing everybody else would have thought about on that sure. topic. Yeah. And so you got to really crank it out. And you know, guys that are writing for, you know, our buddy Keith Alberstadt, yeah. who writes for Weekend Update yeah. on Saturday Night Live, he writes, I don't know, 20 or 30 jokes a week. Right, yeah. And then maybe more than that. But he submits the best of those. Yeah. And those are gone. But the next, yeah, the next time, yeah. done. New, new blank page. Yeah, and, so you, and it doesn't freak him out. He's not thinking, oh my gosh, I used all my jokes in my right. first week. Now I'm. It's just like, no, here we go. Next, you, next week. You need done. to come from a position and a mindset of abundance, yes. and not scarcity. <laughs> and that's what it is. I mean, if you only have <coughs> ten jokes, you're afraid that somebody's going to take one of them. Yeah. There's ten percent of your act. No, I, I had that fear, and then I, I realized that that was the wrong thing to think. And mm-hmm. so I, I stopped it. You got to stop it. I, I headed it off at the pass. <laughs> now, yeah, it's interesting. Like uh, you would think, if something gets on TV, you don't do it. You would definitely think if something got to an HBO special, yeah, that you wouldn't do it. Right. But it wasn't too long ago where uh, Dane Cook and Louis C.K. <laughs> had that big flare up, and it wasn't. Yes. You know, I think Louis yeah. was playing it kind of on the down low. I'm right. like, I'll let everybody else talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. Right. Then he eventually had Dane on his on his show, the Louis show. Yeah. And they had a little scene where they were Thing, working yeah. it out, and they still didn't completely clear it up. No, but uh, but they kind of brought but it was it to acknowledged. Attention. It was at least acknowledged. Yeah. yeah. And when you listen to those jokes back to back, they are pretty much identical. Yeah. <laughs> and so 
you know, even if you thought you were going to get away with something, just don't. Just don't. You know, because, I mean, especially in mass media times, especially in cell phone times. Yeah. I mean, I could be in Des Moines, Iowa doing a gig, and Gavin could be at an open mic and say, yep. uh, look at this video I got on my phone, this guy doing your Cracker Barrel joke or whatever Yeah, it is. yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a couple of dudes doing my Cracker Barrel <laughs> joke, which I know. And yeah. they're guys I know. I can't yeah. stop them from doing it. Uh, but anyway, it's going to get around. Yeah. And so you don't want your reputation to to be of a joke thief because people comics – First off, aren't going to be throwing you gigs. It's crazy. Or working I, with you. I mean, it's pretty intense uh, how comics view that stuff. Um, and I understand that because it's your bread and butter. It's how you pay your bills. And, you know, um, but it gets pretty intense. I even was uh, at an open mic. Um, this is maybe a couple months ago. And a guy got up there and he didn't even steal the joke. All he said was... Um, he he referenced what another comedian was talking about, uh-huh. and it was like silence. Oh man! I like, mean, it was there was no, there was nothing. You could hear crickets, and it was just like they were people. But the people were like, "You can't work off premises that right. somebody else has done, right. or somebody else said." And you, and even though you think you're mentioning who it came from and all that stuff. This is not good. Right. And we are not. And it was, but it was dead silent. He was just kind of like, it was like, you know, hey, yeah, I was listening to this radio show and I heard this guy talking about this. And what he said was blah, 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 blah. Ha, ha, ha. And so what he is, I, and, and all of a sudden it was just like, like he had his hand on tum- the doorknob of tumble the house weeds where the going past. Were, yeah. He was just about ready to walk in the house and yeah. steal it. And like, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was just, it was like, nope. Everybody immediately turned from having a good time to like, I mean, wolves. Yeah. It was like wolves. It was like they were just waiting for him to say something. It, and he didn't really, but there was no applause at the end. Right. And it was over. It, and, you know, that's an interesting case where he, like, referenced and almost was like, I'm giving credit to this guy, which gives me carte blanche to do whatever to do I do whatever. Want. But it was so derivative right. was the problem. And and uh, that was – it was like, nope, yeah. not having it. And, you know, there can, there can be overreaction to that yeah, yeah. as well. Um. I remember, gosh, this was a long time ago. I had a joke that had Pop-Tarts in it. Right. It just had a, a, a tagline about Pop-Tarts. And I've been doing it for, I don't know how long, long enough to, to where it's part of my act. Right. And then one day he goes, uh, are you taking that Gaffigan joke? I'm like, oh, I, and at that yes. point, I, I honestly hadn't heard of Jim Gaffigan yet. Right. Like he wasn't huge like he is yeah. now. One of the top three comics <laughs> in the world, I think, if you ask me. But yeah. I, hadn't, I, I had to Google and, and find out what that joke was. What's going on, yeah. And I'm like... It's completely different, right. but at the same time, I thought if one person, and this was just a general audience member, like, how are you doing that Jim Gaffigan thing? Yeah. Just because he got known for Pop-Tarts. Yep. I think it was Gaffigan. It could have been I'm Brian sure he Reagan. does mostly food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's like one of those things where I don't even want to step on, I'll just change it to sure. whatever, Hot Pocket. No, it was Hot Pockets. That's what oh, it was. Oh, Hot Pockets, yeah. And so I changed it to Pop-Tarts. Yeah, okay. So I guess, yeah, it was Gaffigan that had the big Hot Pocket. Yeah, thing. he's definitely But I hadn't good. heard it yet, and it was right, it yeah. had nothing to do with his thing, but it was like, yeah, you know. It doesn't hurt me to change one line, right? No, and it's totally different joke. So you, sometimes you'll stumble into it, and you're like, ah, let's get out of here. Yeah, you know, I didn't. I opened the wrong door. I didn't even know I was going in that place. Yeah, that's absolutely it happens, the best you know? idea. And what are you going to do though? Like, if somebody really, like, I had a situation in Ohio. I think I've mentioned this before, but I had a T-shirt with a joke on it. Oh no! And the guy did my joke before I got on stage. The MC did it. Oh. And then I'm up there. I didn't see him do it. Right. And I do my closing little joke sure. that has the t-shirt associated with it and it's like dead silence and i walk off and the door guy 
uh, this guy was like a metalhead. I can't yeah, remember yeah, his yeah. name. But he's like, dude, uh, what's his name? Just did your just did that joke. And I'm like, you kidding me? And this guy had worked with two weeks earlier on a little college gig. No. And, like, and so he went back up at the end of the show to like close it out. Yeah. And I just walked up there and I go, would you mind mentioning my t-shirt that you did, you know? Oh. And called him out on it. I love that. And really? It, yeah. And it, it came out later. He goes, man, I didn't know you did that joke. I'm like, oh, come on. I'm like, we rode in the car to the gig. Yeah. You saw it. And he goes, oh, my bad, man. I didn't know. And so, that's. But what he I'm owned saying, up to it. I would come down off my throne and then judge those people with a you know a hammer or something yeah. that I felt. <laughs> but whether he subconsciously took it in or just yeah. didn't think didn't think I was going to do it, I don't Gosh. know. It was weird. So I mean, it happens on both sides, and you just kind of you know you got to work it out. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't like in that situation. I wouldn't have put the guy. I wouldn't have recorded a video of that guy doing it and put it on and the then internet. put it on the internet. And go, yeah. this guy's the biggest thief ever. I say, you know, yeah try to mano y mano take yeah. care of it first uh, but let's talk a little bit how you can avoid these things happening in the first place yeah. uh, obviously is, is to write from your own point of view the best you can right uh, and another thing is you know topical jokes are great but if you're doing topical humor there's going to be lots of other people seeing the same headlines sure. watching the same news shows it's going to be on their mind too yeah and I'll try to link to it in the show notes of this but there was a an article about uh, Tina Fey in the last award show was it the Golden Globes no, yeah, that she yeah, hosted yeah. with um, like that, yeah. Amy Poehler, mm-hmm. and they had done a joke about Bill Cosby that was very similar to somebody else's. But you know, it, it, there's a lot of people talking about Bill Cosby, so who knows? And and when you go to do one of those TV shows, they put a bunch of writers in the rooms and they just go, just crank, right? Just go, yeah. So who knows how it? You know, sometimes it is inadvertent, but if you're writing topical, yeah. it's it's easier for topical jokes to be similar. Yeah, sure. I mean, as we're recording this, it's before the Super Bowl, but after the the conference championships, everybody's talking about the deflated footballs. Right, yeah. And because of the, the terms, there's some, a million jokes yeah. floating around. And I could be on Twitter posting my joke, and tonight it could be on uh, Jimmy Fallon or right. Kimmel. But it wouldn't... Doesn't mean they saw your joke th- or Not whatever. at all. Yeah, I'm very just, sure they're not following yeah. me on Twitter. But <laughs> because on, it's right. such a common topic and such <laughs> yeah. an easy punchline, yeah. there's a million And jokes. everybody's trying to crank it out, yeah. Right. So it's just like you got to be aware that common topics are going to have a lot of people hitting yeah. the same things. Uh, but the personal ones, you know, like the personal my relationships and, you know, that and, kind of thing. And p- really pain points in your relationships yeah. or pain points in your struggles. Not as many people... Are, well, they don't have the same one, but they can they relate really well. They can relate, but I'm, what I'm saying is, other comics, uh, newer comics, or well, even ex, ex, experienced comics, sometimes don't even want to go to the personal level. Right. Okay. So for them to to steal a joke about something personal wouldn't even a, appeal to them in the first place. Right. Okay. Because they don't even go there in their act. It's all surface, surface stuff, stuff or yeah. you know, current events or what have you, pop culture. So. That's one way you can kind of avoid it is kind of stick with what you do and your yeah. life experience, and then it's a lot easier to call somebody out. Um, another thing that sounds counterintuitive, but <laughs> if you've got a great set and you feel good about it, if you put it on YouTube yeah, and YouTube has a little date on there when you put it on there, and then two weeks later somebody goes, I got a new joke, and they go up and they do it, you go, nice new joke, but, but pal, buddy, yeah. two weeks ago I've already done it. Yeah. Is it going to hold up in court? No. No, but... But can you say, hey, I did it first? Yeah, especially if it gets big and, and that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Now, again, like, how do you police these things, and can you sue somebody over it? There's only been one lawsuit that I've that I've heard of. There may have been more, but there's actually been a couple. One that I know fairly well yeah. is, and it wasn't even from a comic performing on stage, but somebody taking comics jokes and making these books. Oh, 
Judy Brown, I think, is the one, and, and she would make these compilation books. You okay. know, here's a thousand and one clean jokes. Here's a thousand oh. and one jokes about yeah, 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 relationships. Yeah, yeah. And she was just taking stuff she heard on like oh. Leno or Letterman sets and writing them down and saying, "Here they are." And no context besides that. Yeah. And I, I, I think it was Jay Leno that said, "Let's get the comics together and ask for some royalties out of this because yeah. she's selling books for sure." And we based are, on our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the, there can be some recourse. It just becomes a matter of is it worth your time and effort right, yeah. and money to get all into that kind of stuff. Um, the other thing too, I guess you want to think about when you get out there, is that if if your reputation becomes one of a. a a of a rat of ratting people out, <laughs> or B of being the joke thief. Nobody's want to hang out either of those people. Yeah. So it's always best to kind of address it with the person. Yeah. It's not like with a mob. bunch of people. Yeah. yeah. There, there's no. It doesn't help anybody if you sit around twenty other comics talking about how one comic's a joke thief. Yeah. And that comic's not there to, to change the behavior. Sure. So that's ca- that's just as cowardly as being a joke thief. Yeah. Is to badmouth somebody and honestly, if you're spending any time talking about other comics instead of writing jokes, you're taking away from your own act. Yeah. So put the flashlight or the spotlight <laughs> back on what you need to be doing and get after it, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a few. We could go a lot longer on this topic, but I, I just think it was something we hadn't talked about, and we'd had some emails about how to avoid it yeah. and what to do when it happens. And and I guess the main point is for the new people, don't do it. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't tell some jokes you've think, ever heard. Yeah. Don't take jokes that were in an email from your mother-in-law yeah. and try to make that your own stand-up. Yeah, uh, just be creative, be you, and have fun with it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, don't. And listen to this: even if you did steal a joke and we're doing great with that joke, where is the pride? Oh, I couldn't do it. I that's that would eat me. This is alive. A, it's a difference between a karaoke singer who can nail yeah. "Living on a Prayer" <laughs> and the person who wrote it. Yeah, John Bon Jovi. Yeah, he's got some pride in that. He yeah. wrote it. Hey, you can steal it all day long, but does that do anything for you? Right. So, yeah. I mean, I guess you got to come back down to why are you doing comedy in the first place. Yeah. If it's just to get attention, thieving, you know, lying, go stay cheating. in the middle of the highway and throw rocks <laughs> at ongoing cars. People, more yeah. people will see you doing that than at an open <laughs> mic on a Tuesday. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? So, hopefully, uh, that was interesting to some of the new folks out there. I know we yeah. got a lot of uh, veteran comics out there that have seen this happen. Yeah. And have been stolen from and have been accused of it you know irrationally yeah. or without any merit um it's a topic that'll never go away uh down the road we'll take a bunch of comics doing the same jokes and put them up on the air and no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring them in and have a, a very uncomfortable confrontation yeah. if you have a joke that you see somebody else do record it yeah. let us know your version and we'll put them back we'll bring you both in <laughs> and we'll see we'll let the audience decide which one had the yeah. funnier joke oh my gosh do like a <laughs> 1950s style like laugh-o-meter and uh, right. you know decide who's who's the best there's probably a joke copyright troll out there right now going oh i'm gonna god. troll this podcast thing yeah. and <laughs> the jokes that go with it oh god Hey, you guys, thanks for listening, and uh, tune in next time for another exciting topic. (laughs) Thanks, Gavin. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.